Good morning, friends. Welcome to this pre-recorded service for November the 1st, coming to you from the Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're so glad you joined us and pray that this hour of worship will draw you closer to our Lord. In addition to this being All Saints Day, we will also be celebrating Holy Communion and invite you to get some bread and juice or wine and together let's share God's gift. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, let's listen to the prelude. And after this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Let us worship God.
The psalmist tells us that when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Relying on the Lord, let us pray our confession together. Eternal God, in every age you have raised up men and women to live and die in faith. We confess that we are indifferent to your will. You call us to proclaim your name, but we are silent. You call us to do what is just, but we remain idle. You call us to live faithfully, but we are afraid. In your mercy, forgive us. Give us courage to follow in your way that joined with those from ages past who have served you with faith, hope, and love we may inherit the kingdom you promised in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Free friends, see what love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Therefore, friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. forgiven children of God, we affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit it on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, we come to a point of greeting one another and passing the peace. Please greet those who are around you and pass the peace of the Lord, and peace be with you. Good morning and welcome again to this uh, communion service at Church of the Palms. I have a couple of announcements to share with you, but first wanted to say hello and welcome if it's your first time worshiping with us. We hope that you will connect with us on our website, on YouTube, on Facebook, and really uh, take a minute to get to know us better. We're glad to be able to worship with you this morning. Um, a big announcement this week is you can expect to uh, receive, if you haven't already, in your email inbox, a survey from us. We are calling it, Tell Us What's On Your Heart, a survey, because we very much want to know what's happening in your life and how we might better serve you. This survey is available on our website, and it should have reached you by email uh, at the end of the week preceding this Sunday. It will help us better understand 
understand the challenges that you have uh, found yourself confronting in this unprecedented season, and it will help us make some important decisions as we plan uh, for the future. And we just really, we hope to serve you better. So please take a minute to do that. It's not terribly long, and it is completely anonymous. So we thank you for taking a look at that and completing that survey. Um, if you visit us on our YouTube page or Facebook, one of the things you will find there are our Taizé services, which continue to be released on Saturday mornings. Yesterday, the third of these services was released. And uh, it's just a very peaceful, centering worship experience, and we invite you to enjoy that. Um, also on our YouTube and uh, channel and Facebook, you can find some companion videos about C.S. Lewis. Pastor McConnell is continuing his God and Hollywood series with a look at the Chronicles of Narnia. And so we have some short videos available on YouTube that will uh, tell you a little bit more about who C.S. Lewis was and how his life informed those very special stories. In addition, uh, this week coming up, you can continue to donate candy if you're in Sarasota. You can bring it to the office. It needs to be individually wrapped, and that will go into um, bags and stockings for children in the northern part of Sarasota and um, to Immokalee, to our friends at Mission Peniel. Uh, also coming up this holiday season, there will be bell ringers again, and my goodness, we need them this year. Lots of people who can really benefit from the work of our friends at the Salvation Army. You can sign up to ring bells at the public store here uh, close by to the church on Be Ridge and Beneva. If you go to our website, you can sign up for one of the two-hour shifts. You can also call the church office to sign up to ring the bells. Finally, our exploration of the fruit of the Spirit continues with peace in November. So wishing you peace, friends. We have a new memory verse. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God from uh, Matthew's Beatitudes. Finally then, too, we're asking you as part of our uh, exploration of peace to send us photos of yourself in a place that brings you peace. So you can send those photos to us at jgomez at churchofthepalms.org. Again, that's to Jackie at jgomez at churchofthepalms.org. And we look forward to seeing these places that are special to you and bring you peace. Let us continue our worship. The Decalogue is from Exodus chapter 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. As we have mentioned, this is All Saints Day and it is one of the traditions of Church of the Palms that on the Sunday closest to All Saints Day that we take the time to remember those in our congregation and those uh, members of our congregation who uh, have loved others and wish to have them included in our family of God, that we would remember them on All Saints Day and give thanks for their communion with our Father in heaven. So to that degree, let us uh, join together in the Litany for All Saints, as is printed in your bulletins. And the names of those that uh, we wish to remember this day are found on pages 14 and 15, some 105 persons that we uh, give thanks to God for and remember this day. So join me in the Litany for All Saints. God of all ages, we praise you for all of your servants who having lived this life in faith, now live eternally with you. For disciples and martyrs and saints of every time and place, we praise you, O God. For those who have served bravely, witnessed faithfully, and whose light still shines in the world, we praise you, O God. For those who have known and loved, who by their faithful obedience and strong hope have shown to us the mind of Christ, we praise you, O God. And for those of our church family whom we now remember in silence. Keep us grateful for their witness, O God. Give us a sure faith that we may, without fear, trust those who are dear to us to your never-failing love, and then, at the last, bring us with them into the inheritance you have promised in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, on this All Saints Day, when we remember all the saints that have gone before us, our minds may take us to that great book at the end of Scripture, the book of Revelation, that imagines the saints of heaven bowing before the Creator, as reflected earlier in our call to worship. And it was an important thing for the church to remember in those days, back in the first century, for there were no harder days for the Church of Jesus than back then. Their very lives were at stake. But the message was, be bold, be unashamed, advance the kingdom. And I wonder if the same message comes to us today in the throes of COVID-19. Be bold, church, unashamed, advance the kingdom. The world may be hitting pause, but we as the church are hitting play. And we're grateful for your support and grateful for your partnership in the gospel and for making it possible for us to be bold in these challenging times. God would have us do no other. The giving options are on your screen, so let us now take some moments to pause in gratitude to ask the Lord what he would have for us to do with the bounty we have most certainly received.
Let us pray. Generous God, over and over your grace sustains us. Over and over your love provides for us. Over and over your arm steadies us. All of these gifts that our people have given have been in gratitude and joy for which we thank you. And we're thankful that you are the God over all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning again. My name is Miss Sarah, and I have the great pleasure of working with Miss Carol in children's ministry, and we are so, so excited because next Sunday on November 8th, we're gonna start having children's worship at Church of the Palms again in person. So if that's something that works for your family, we're gonna be ready for you here. We have a whole new space. It's really fun and bright. And Miss Carol has all sorts of fun things planned. So again, we're going to resume in-person children's worship on Sunday, November 8th. But this morning, I wanna to talk to you about rules. What I'm wondering is, do you have any rules in your house? We have some in mine. I had them when I was a little girl, and now I have them for my kids. And we have some rules that I honestly don't even believe I had to say out loud, like things like, don't eat with your fingers. That one I've said maybe hundreds and hundreds of times. I've also said more than twice, please don't put your feet on the table. Can you believe that? But these aren't really big rules. The big rules in our house are about things that keep us safe, and they're about the things that are most important to our family. And you know who else has rules? God, and God has rules for us. Mr. Jonathan was talking about them earlier, and maybe Miss Carol has told you about them. They're called the Ten Commandments, and God gave us those rules because he wants us to be safe, and he wants us to be happy and well. And so he created these really, really important rules, like the first four are about how we should treat God, how we should show our love to God, that we should worship the one true God, that we should pray only to God, we should respect God, and that we should rest. We should take time to spend time with God every week. And then the other six are about how we should show love to other people, to everyone else. So love your parents, respect life, be faithful to your spouse. That one's sort of like keep your promises if you're a kid. That might be a good way to think about that. Do what you say you're going to do and be true to the people you love. 
Don't take other people's things. Sometimes that one's hard, I know. Tell the truth and be thankful for what you have. Let what you have be enough. And God gave us these rules not because he's mad at us or he's punishing us or he's angry. He gave them to us because he loves us and he wants us to be happy and healthy and safe. How lucky we are that God loves us enough to give us rules that help us be our best selves. Don't you think? Pray with me. Dear God, thank you for loving us so much and so well that you give us rules to keep us safe and to help us live happy, full lives, full of love that bring you glory. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Well, one more announcement before reading the scripture this morning in the category of impromptu and spontaneous. We decided this past week that it might be a good thing, given the fruit of the spirit of this month, the fruit of peace, we decided that it might be a good thing to have a little prayer gathering on the eve of this week's election. We're, we're calling it a Let There Be Peace prayer gathering. We've, we've heard and exhibited a lot of passion around this election, and as a result, our country feels fairly divided. But the Church of Jesus Christ transcends those divisions, and we know that we are the children of God before we are anything else. So we thought it would be a good thing to remind ourselves of that by taking a little time to pray and sing together. Now, we can't sing inside, unfortunately, but we think we can, if we're careful, sing outside. So we're going to host a little prayer gathering out behind the Palm Center on Monday evening, this next day, Monday evening at 5 p.m. before the sun goes down. Mass still requires social distancing requested. And it won't be long. We'll be there maybe 20 minutes or so. Most will want to stand during the time. Some will want to bring their lawn chairs if you'd like to sit. We don't want anyone to bring anything political, no shirts, no hats, no buttons. Just bring yourself as a child of God, ready to ask God to help us to be one, to honor him and to honor each other above all else. So 5 o'clock Monday behind the Palm Center election eve, and we'd love to see you there as we pray that God might make us one. So. As we've been saying, our gears are shifting today. It's All Saints today, but it's also the new fruit of the Spirit, and it's the fruit of peace. And today, we will look at two texts from each of the Testaments, the first from Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 13 through 16. Hear the word of God. For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated the wound of my people carelessly, saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. They acted shamefully. They committed abomination. Then they were not ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the the Lord. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And then this from the New Testament from the letter to the Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. You never know who's watching. 
There's a story I remember my father telling me about a high school football game in which he played. Dad was a running back for Edgewood High School outside of Pittsburgh, and in one particular game, he got pitched the ball, ran around end, got tangled up in the arms of a defensive back, rolled into the sidelines and into the crowd standing there. When his tackler got to his feet, he proceeded to step with his spikes onto my father's hand, intentionally, my father assumed. Angry and in pain, my father jumped to his feet and, call, and, and called the offending defender an ex expletive. That was seconds, though, before he noticed that standing in the crowd right next to him was his father, his Presbyterian minister father, who had heard my father's profane choice of language and his less than gracious characterization of his competitor. And it was right at that moment that my father knew what the main subject was going to be that evening at the dinner table. The main subject was not going to be who won or lost the game. The main subject was not going to be how many yards did my father gain. The main subject was going to be what he had allowed to come out of his mouth, the profane name he chose to call his unsportsmanlike opponent. However, many hundreds of folks there might have been in the stands that day, there was really only one who mattered, the one who would be sitting with him at the dinner table. And sure enough, later at the dinner table, after about two forkfuls of food, granddad brought it up. That was some language you chose to use this afternoon, Harold. Yeah, said my father, in a feeble attempt to mount a defense. But he had it coming to him. To which grandfather said, you're right about that. But just because he had it coming to him didn't mean you had to deliver it. You never know who's watching. It makes me think of the boy who was standing in the lunch line at the local Catholic elementary school, and at the head of the table was a large pile of apples, and on the tray, the nun had posted a sign that said, take only one, God is watching. Moving further along the lunch line at the other end of the table was a large tray of chocolate chip cookies, and on that tray, a child had left another note, take all the cookies you want, God's watching the apples. You never know who's watching. There seems to be little uncertainty in the mind of the writer of the Hebrews when it comes to that question. You never know who's watching. Well, the writer says, I know one crowd who's watching. In the previous chapter, the writer has given us a litany of all the Old Testament heroes, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Samson, David, Samuel, the prophets, and he pictures these great heroes of the faith sitting in the stands watching the spectacle of life that features you and me. Since we are surrounded, he writes, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And so on this All Saints Day, we can imagine all the saints from every generation sitting up in those stands, all these people who have earned their heavenly reward, all these souls who have died and gone to heaven, all these people who are there in the stands and watching our lives. And they are watching our comings and goings. They're watching how we play the game. And they're waiting for that after-game conversation. They can't wait to sit down at table with us to have a conversation. And isn't it interesting to wonder what the main topic of conversation might be with those saints that we will join in heaven? What might be the subject that gets brought up at the dinner table? What, what do you think they and we are going to talk about after this game of life is over? What do you think they'll want to talk about? Do you think they'll want to talk about, let's say, the election? And, and, and what election? 2020, 2016, 1928, 1872? Do you think they want to talk about last night's game at the Swamp or, or, or who won the World Series? Or hopefully they won't want to talk about that. 
Do you, do you think they will want to talk about the stock market or the last rate hike from the Federal Reserve? Do, do you think they will have any interest at all in discussing the last commentary from the last talking head on your favorite cable TV channel? When, when the game's over and we're sitting down for dinner, what do you think the saints are going to want to talk about? Will it be the score that matters or what it is we allowed to come out of our mouths? Will it be who won or lost or how you played the game? Will it be the ends or the means that matter? When the game's over and we're sitting down for dinner, what do you think the saints might want to talk about? Well, of course, we don't know for sure. But I wonder if what we will talk about when we are gathered together with the saints I wonder what we will talk about is this common discovery we all will make when we pass from this life to the other. The, the common discovery that we'll all make as to what in this life really ended up being important. You know the old adage that says that the most important thing is to make the most important thing the most important thing? Well, well the truth is, in this life of shadows and mysteries and uncertainties, you and I are, are doing our very best at trying to figure out what are the important things. We're trying to work on the puzzle, solve the mystery, and, and we have the saints in the stands watching and cheering us on as we try to figure that out. What are those most important things that we should be doing while we live our lives? Lives on this earth and I and I wonder if if our passing to the next life will bring with it the discovery of what that answer is sort of like you know reading a mystery and it's not until we finally get to the end of the mystery that the answers are revealed now we look Paul says in a mirror dimly but then we shall see face to face and, and when, when we get to heaven and we sit down at table with all the rest who have been through the very same mystery and it all gets revealed and and what might happen? Maybe we might be surprised and not surprised. And, and you look at what you've got right and you look at what you got wrong. And you laugh and you sigh and you moan and you grieve over how smart you thought you were and over how dumb you really were. And the host of the table will ha laugh and sigh and moan and cry with us and he will point perhaps out all those obvious clues that we missed in this world. All those hints that he gave us in our own story. Stories. And maybe what he will point to even are some of the great scripture texts from, from Micah. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? From, from Jesus, the two great commandments to love God and love your neighbor. From Moses, the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and your father. Do not bear false witness. Do not commit adultery. Do not covet your neighbor's stuff. The one with the most toys wins. Oh, oh I'm sorry, not in there. But, but maybe that's where we'll get surprised, that the things we assumed that were important were just false leads, false clues that we chased after. And they made us anxious, and they made us worried, and they made us stressed, and, we, and they made us think that they were important. And, and maybe that's why the prophet says, you know, say, they, they keep saying, peace, peace, but look around, and you don't see any peace. And maybe it's because we're making the unimportant things the important things. It's not who won. It's not who has the most toys. It's not who has the highest score. No, the peace comes when you look for the time-honored clues, the, the old commands. That's where the peace is. Stand, the prophet says, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your soul. You know, I think the host at the table knows something that you and I keep forgetting, that when he commands us to do justice and love kindness, love neighbor, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, do not covet your neighbor's property, that the host of the table knows that the future of civilization is dependent not on who won or lost, but on how we treat each other. How we treat each other. 
how we treat each other today, how we treat each other tomorrow, how we treat each other after the election. The pillars of society rest on the foundation of how you and I act toward each other. It, it won't matter who won or lost. What matters is what comes out of our mouths, what we post on Facebook, how gracious we are to others, how we treat each other, how we treasure each other. There are no ordinary people, C.S. Lewis wrote. You have never talked to a mere mortal. It is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. The only thing that lasts forever, the only thing they'll be talking about at the table is how we treat each other. For we live in a world-wide web of relationship, and how we live in those relationships determines whether the web holds together. I love that story that Garrison Keillor wrote and told about the college administrator who had lost his way and develops a liking for one of the young associates in his office. Though he is married with kids and he's considering, he's now considering running off and having an affair with this younger woman and, and they arrange to go off to a conference, just the two of them, and he's about to do something he's never thought to do. He's going to commit adultery. He's going to violate one of the Ten Commandments. So, so it's early in the morning before anyone in the house is awake and he's standing out in front of his house waiting to be picked up by this young woman who's going to drive him off not only to a conference but to an affair. But at the last minute, the ancient command appears in the front lobe of his brain and a few minutes after, he turns, walks back into the house and cooks breakfast for his wife. Later, he says, I looked up the street of my little town, which was health to my flesh and blood, where people went to church and voted in elections and bought what the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts sold them, rooted for the home team, raised money for the library, and tended the parks. And I thought, how much we depend on each other. I saw that though my sins could be secret, they, be, they would be no more secret than an earthquake. And all these houses and all these families, my infidelity would somehow shake them, pollute the drinking water, and send noxious fumes up the ventilations, ventilators at the elementary school. He continues, when we scream in senseless anger, a little eight-year-old girl several blocks away we don't even know spills gravy all over a white tablecloth. And if I were to go to Chicago with this woman who's not my wife, somehow the school patrol will forget to guard the intersection and someone's child will be injured. A sixth grade teacher will say, ah, oh, what the heck, and eliminate South America from geography. The minister will say, ah, oh, what the heck, and not decide to give that sermon about feeding the poor. The guy at the grocery store will say, out oh, of heck with the health department. This sausage was good yesterday. It's just as good today. And I decided that we all depend on each other more than we can ever know. The world wide web of relationships. The story is told about the Sunday that the old Vince Lombardi coached Green Bay Packers had been beaten and beaten pretty badly by the rival Chicago Bears. They had gone down to Chicago and had gotten a whooping. And Lombardi was fuming, and so when the Packers got back to Green Bay and to Lambeau Field, Vince Lombardi, the only fan in the stands that mattered, informed the men that when they got off the bus, they were not to go to the locker room, but to meet him at the 50-yard line. Ten minutes later, the team assembled in the middle of the field on that cold Wisconsin night, and Lombardi told the team of his great disappointment and said that it was time for the Green Bay Packers to get back to basics. It was time for them to set aside all the fancy plays and patterns. It was time to review and relearn the fundamentals of the game. And with that, Lombardi grabbed a football, held it in the air, and said, gentlemen, lesson number one, this is a football. 
you never know who's watching and it's easy to forget who you're playing for the intensity of the game, the, the drama of the story, the mystery of the plot can lead us in all sorts of directions and cause us to exhibit all sorts of behaviors. And we can forget who's watching. And we can ignore the most important one in the stands, the one with whom we will soon be sharing a table, the cloud of witnesses who have things they'd like to talk about and how easy it is to have missed what is right in front of us, the clues on how to proceed, the secret on how to live, the web that holds us together. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Friends, we are invited to come to this table this day in the midst of the great heavenly community. We are called to join in with that great fellowship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who draws us into God's presence and draws us into the presence of the saints and yes, even draws us into the presence of all those who would gather at Jesus' feet. So friends, come. 
Come here expecting a conversation with the saints. Come expecting an intimacy with Christ. Come knowing that the Holy Spirit is in our midst. Come that we might truly find our communion with God and with God's people. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. When you drink it, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again, and he will come again. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, with joy we give you thanks and praise. We praise you with the saints and martyrs and the faithful in every age who follow Jesus and witness to his resurrection. We give you thanks that you have shown us the depth, the path of life, and filled us with the wonder of your presence. O God of steadfast love and mercy, we remember all your mighty and compassionate acts. And we take this bread and this wine from the gifts you have given us and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus. Now in your abundant generosity, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be a holy communion with Christ and all baptized in his name. As we are at your table, we remember all those who struggle with illness in this pandemic who give medical service to others. We pray for those in military and mission work. Keep them safe, we pray. Comfort to those who sorrow who sorrow and calm those who hear your call to come home to you, we pray. We pray for peace during the election and after the election. Give us all strength to serve you faithfully and with the redeemed of all the ages to feast with you at your table in glory. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Hear us now as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Let us receive this blessed meal.
Let us pray. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life, and we who drink his cup bring that life to others. Keep us in this hope that we have grasped, we pray, so that we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. 